Hey y'all, it's Mel and you're listening to My Rough Draft Podcast where we talk about embracing our current seasons of faith, work, and wholeness. As a part of the Rough Draft Collective, we are committed to the holistic growth of millennial men and women and each week we'll discuss how to redefine history with our everyday stories. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome back. It's Mel. Thank you for tuning into my Rough Draft podcast. I am super excited to get into this week's episode. Um, Last week's episode and on social media, I told you guys that we would be talking through your questions when it comes to job searching and career development. And thank you to everyone who participated. If I don't get to your questions in this week's episode, I will be sure to email you or to DM you my response. But thank you to everyone who participated. Now, before I get into to these questions, let me go ahead and put out <laughs> my disclaimer. Um, the answers that I provide are again based off of either my personal experience or the personal research that I have done, or again, um, you know, reaching out to people who who are specific recruiters or work in HR. Um, so again, this is my experience, my research. I have additional resources that I'm going to provide, but again, use this advice at your own risk. Okay. Um, I'm going to, again, provide what I know and what I have, but I encourage you to also do your additional research in today's episode with the answers that I provide. Um, one answer is not the one be all answer. So again, you want to do that additional research. So I just want to throw out the disclaimer. So y'all don't try to sue me, but um, yes, I, I'm really excited about today's episode. And I think that my feedback is valuable. So let's get into it. All right. So first question is about criminal history. So the question is, I'm currently a felon on my first offender probation. I have a few years left on my probation and upon completion, my felony will be off my record. I'm currently in school getting my HVAC certification and I've attended job fairs and have jobs that are interested in hiring me. So how do I address my criminal history? That's the question. So one, I'm super proud of you for that's a lot of work that you have done. And so I'm super proud of you. You've done more than some people who have squeaky clean records have done. And so (laughs) I'm super proud of you for doing the work. And I am believing in faith with you that God will honor that. So kudos to you. Now, practically speaking, there are some things that come to mind when it comes to um, addressing your criminal history is one, know your rights Two, get ahead of it. Be honest while also not oversharing. So um, one, you want to check out your department of labor and, and know your rights. And you need to know what employers are and are not allowed to ask because there are laws about that. And even in some states, there are some limits as to what public companies can ask when it comes to your criminal history. So you want to definitely do your research before anything so that you are not disclosing information that they are not legally um, able to ask you. So know your rights. That's number one. Um, this wasn't on number two, but you also want to know the the trades and careers that that which I think you're already doing because I looked at HVAC certification and that's kind of one of the trades that I was gonna that I was looking into. But you want to also look into trades and careers that that are a little more lenient with past criminal histories or criminal records, which yours is, so that's good. Getting to number two, um, where I say you need to get ahead of it and be honest while also not oversharing. Let's be honest, it is gonna come up. Um, and so I recommend from personal experience that it's better to self-report it rather than they find out at the last minute. And by self-reporting, I do not mean telling the entire story. So the first person that I recommend you talk with is either the recruiter that you met with at the job fairs that you mentioned um, 
or the recruiter maybe for the position. But if you have the contact of that first person that you met face to face on the job fair, I would really recommend you reaching out to that person or maybe again, one of the recruiters for the position first. So you want to ask the question without making it the complete topic in this huge conversation, right? So for example, you can say something like, hi, Melanie, I'm really interested in this position. My skills align well with what you're looking for. Like list out your skills. What skills do you have that align with what they're looking for? You want to talk through that. I mean, really hone in the the strengths that you had and then just throw it out there. Say, I want to make you aware that I do have a mark on my criminal record and I want to ask and make sure that this will not pose an issue for moving forward with this position quick and easy. That's one one way that you can do it. Again, that you can bring it up, ask the question so you know what to expect, but not making it the entire conversation. Another way that you can do um, is you can go ahead and prepare um, what I call it, well, what's called a letter of explanation. Now, this isn't a letter that you're going to just openly give out, but it is there that you can have available if it's asked of you and if it's legal for them to ask of you. So a letter of explanation can also be helpful when having that conversation with your HR or recruiter as well. Like I mentioned before, it does not provide all the details. It simply provides the facts, what you learned and how you've improved and how this job will further your growth. So for example, first paragraph, I'm interested in this job because of XYZ. Second paragraph, like all humans, I've made mistakes. In 2010, I was convicted of this. I have followed all court order recommendations ahead of ahead of schedule and the situation situation has since been resolved by XYZ or 2011 or whatever. There's no need for additional details. So we're not talking about what your cousin did, who did what, how you were involved, how you were not involved. No, you were listing the facts in the second paragraph. Third paragraph, although this experience was less than ideal, I accept full responsibility for my actions and I have taken significant strides in starting and furthering my education and my career. For example, within three years, I have gone back to school. I have received my certification in this. I currently work in that and I have received nothing but high praise from my boss and my coworkers. Last paragraph can be something like honesty and integrity are values that I have definitely learned along the way with this experience. I'm happy to discuss anything further as needed. I can assure that my past will not affect my present. Um, I look forward to um, talking with you more about the role. Simple. It's not a long novel. It's just a simple letter of explanation that you, again, you can provide if it's needed. You can talk through that letter with, um, with your recruiter. But again, it's just something that, that you can kind of have on hand when it comes to addressing your, your criminal history. So, so again, know your rights. Um, if you also know your rights and be honest and, and get get ahead of it. But if you have the resources to, I also encourage you to run your own background check on yourself and at least know very or at least know very clearly what it is going to show. And so again, you're not over disclosing, but you do want to know you know what it is going to show when they run that background check. So if you have if you have the resources to do to do that, then I advise you to do that as well. Um, another thing that you can do. Is you can also line up additional references. So for example, if the job calls for three references, you may want to try to have five to six. Again, just to drive home the fact that you are credible, that you're good at what you do, and that other people can speak.
speak to it. Okay. So in addition to that, I'll also provide a few articles that I found um, on the internet that can also help you. Um, I also want to just share if it, if it is encouraging, um, I have also dealt with, um, you know, having a misdemeanor on my criminal record after college and had to go through my own legal battle with that issue. And, you know, I was forced to deal with it when it came to grad school. I was forced to deal with it when it came to applying to jobs. And I was forced to deal with it, honestly, when I was serving at the church. So um, for grad school, I had to do that letter of explanation that I talked um, talked about it. And then when it came to my jobs, um, I also had to disclose it to my HR and my recruiter. And again, it worked out in my favor. They were happy that I self-reported it. And so it was not an issue. So all that to say that it can happen Um it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter how old you are. You can look at me and think that I have it all together, but I had to work through that same exact issue. And so I get it. Um, and God made a way. So, and know that he opens doors that no man can shut. And so thanks to his grace, um, I have never had any hindrances when it comes to my career or educational aspirations. So I just say that to say, like, be encouraged. You're, you're not the only one that goes through things. You're not the only one that has dealt with this. Everybody makes mistakes. And so um, when you figure this thing out, be sure to pay it forward and help someone else. Um, this is definitely for whatever reason is a taboo subject, but it shouldn't be because everybody does, everybody makes mistakes. It's just whether or not you get caught or not. So, um, definitely praying for you. And I, I know that it's, I'm praying that it's going to work out for you. So that's question number one. Let's get into the next question. So the next question is, what are some tips that you have for updating your resume? So first, I'm always going to tell you, tailor your resume to the job description that you're applying to. I outlined this in season two, episode one, navigating the job search journey. So go check that out. But um, yeah, you want to make sure that you're using the keywords from the job description in your resume. Some other tips would be, so you have your resume, you have your name, you have your, um, what is it? Your email address, uh, phone number, address, um, or LinkedIn, if you have it there, and then you have your professional summary, right? So the professional summary is going to be the first thing that they read. So that's really going to be the main place where you want to drive home how you are the right person for the job. So for example, if a job description is looking for a professional with five years of sales experience that are skilled in advertising and marketing and that are um, have experience with Excel or something like that, right? So that's what the job description says that they're looking for. Then when you submit your resume in the professional summary, you want to say, I am an industry leading sales professional with over six years experience in advertising and marketing. Um, I am experienced in Excel, Salesforce, and you want to list out the technical skills that you have. That's going to be the first thing that you put on there because that's the first thing that the job description says that they're looking for, right? So um, your professional summary, you really want to quickly summarize your professional history while also putting in the key skills um, that the job is looking for based off of what's on the job description. Um, when it, Another tip is that when it comes to your work experience, and again, I talked about this in that pre prior episode, but you also want to list out key accomplishments, quantify the key accomplishments that you can. So if you save the company money, if you decrease costs, if you increase productivity, if you increase employee morale, those things that you have helped the company do or achieve, you want to list that out and quantify it if you can. Um, you also, when you're listing out your responsibilities, you want to make sure that you are using power words. You don't want to just put handle cash 
you know, handle cash register. I don't know. I'm just making this up. But you want to put managed manage, you know, the daily budget or you want to you want to emphasize the fact that you took responsibility and that you were a leader in your own role. So you want to use words like managed, responsible for, led a project in um, different power words that, again, highlight your leadership skills, higher your ownership skills, your responsibility, your responsibility skills um, instead of just blanketly putting bullet points that that really don't speak to to the work that you do. So you want to use power words and you can literally go on Pinterest or Google and look up power words for a resume and you'll kind of see what I'm talking about. So you'll definitely want to use that as well. Um, Another thing that you can do as far as updating your resume is you can not only list out your skills. So typically you have like the skills part where you may list out technical skills. Like, you know, the example that I gave before, you want to list out Excel or Microsoft Office or Salesforce or, you know, Windows and or Mac or those technical skills, right? But you can also include a section called core competencies where you can also list out, you know, maybe project management, things that are not necessarily technical in nature, but are still skill set areas. So for example, project management, event coordination, relationship management, um, risk assessment, um, stakeholder engagement, different core competencies. Again, you can Google core competencies um, that are relevant to your industry. And you can also list that as well. That kind of gives um, gives the recruiter knowledge of the different skill set areas that you have without necessarily listing them as a technical skill. So that's another tip as well. Bottom line, whatever you put on the on your resume needs to be relevant to the job. I want you to go through every single word, every single bullet point, And I want you to ask yourself, is this relevant to the job? If it is not relevant to the job, do not put it, take it off. Okay. Um, and yeah, those would be kind of the main tips. I'm going to talk about that a little bit more in another one of these questions. So, but those would be like the top three tips that I would recommend for updating your resume. Let's get into the next question. Okay. So next question, what are the most important things to research before seeking employment with a company? I love this question. Um, so there are a few things that you can do. So Um, One thing that you can do is you can research the company's growth. Um, You can even find this on Wikipedia. You can see like, okay, are they doing well financially? You can even look at maybe their annual reports that are available openly, but you want to make sure that the company that you're applying to is doing well. So those are some things that you can do for that. As far as people's experience working with that company, there's a few things that you can do. So you can go, I mentioned this in that same um, navigating the job search journey episode, but you can go to Glassdoor and Indeed, and you can look up past and current employees than their experiences. So again, some of them may be disgruntled and that, you know, some of it, you can take it with a grain of salt, but if you keep seeing like um, repeated phrases such as, you know, no opportunities for advancement, top heavy, um, management doesn't care about their coworkers, it, um, poor work culture. If you keep seeing that repeatedly, then that's something that you want to pay attention to. Right. But you can go on Glassdoor and Indeed and look that up as well. Um, You can also go to LinkedIn and look up employees who are currently in their company. If you really want to be bold, you can reach out to them and ask them what it's like to work there. Um, Or if you are interested in maybe if like career advancement or being able to advance quickly is something that's important to you, then you could even go on LinkedIn, look up employees who are there and then look at, you know, their work history, see how long they've been in the company, see if they've moved up with 
within the company. Um, you know, a lot of people will put that on their LinkedIn as far as their work history. So you can see, okay, do people typically stay within this company for a while or do they stay with the company for a year? And then you see that they have uh, are working for another company within two years. That's something to pay attention to, um, depending on what you're looking for. You also want to talk with the recruiter. The recruiter is skilled to talk about the company. And so you can, you know, reach out to the HR department, reach out to a recruiter, call in, and you want to ask the key questions. What are the strengths um, that this company has as far as a work culture? What are the opportunities of improvement? What is the growth potential? What are the key work culture and values that this company has. Um, typically every company will have some type of like employee engagement survey where they will fill out a survey based off of, you know, their experience and working for the company. So you can ask the recruiter, what were your key takeaways from your most recent employee engagement survey? What are your key focus areas when it comes to hiring and retaining new employees? So again, whatever those values are, if you, if you really want to be in somewhere where professional Professional development is key. Ask that question. What are professional development opportunities that you have? But you definitely want to have that conversation with your HR, with that HR department and with the recruiter, um, and they will be able to provide you with that knowledge. So those are some key, most important things. Again, the most important things is that you need to know your values and you need to know what you want in a company. And then you can go through those steps to see if that company has exactly what you're looking for. So that's what I would advise. Again, you want to do your own research on on that, but that's kind of some of the experience that's helped me with selecting a company that I wanted to work for. So great question. Thank you. The next question that I have is the great question. So it says, how do I navigate moving into a new industry with no experience? And I love this question. I love talking about career and industry transitioning um, because we see it all the time, but sometimes it's not always easy to know how they did it. So you'll see people that you know, for example, I work in healthcare and I'll see people that come over from business or come over from finance or come over from sales. And it's like, how did you get into healthcare? Right. Um, and sometimes we see it happen, but we don't always know how to do it when we're trying to transfer into a new industry. Right. So what I would recommend is going to be the number one thing that's going to be key to moving into a new industry is going to be transferable skills. You had said that. How do you move into a new industry with no experience? That's not possible. You do have experience <laughs> um, and your experience is in your transferable skills. So your organization skills, your client management skills, your leadership skills, your team building skills, your employee engagement skills, um, those key skills that can transfer to any to any industry, you're really going to want to hone in on those skills, especially in your resume. Now, being that you are moving into a new industry where you may not have experience in that specific industry, um, because you do have experience, but you want to also have a really, really solid cover letter. So I know a lot of times we go back and forth about whether or not a cover letter is actually necessary. If you are moving into a new industry, you need to have a very <laughs> solid cover letter. And the professional summary that I mentioned in the resume question, it, it'll need to outline quickly why you want to change and it'll need to clearly outline those transferable skills as well. And so you'll really want to have a really solid cover 
letter and a really solid professional summary. Um, you also want to take a look at some non-work related experience that you may also have. So if there's um, leadership that experience that you had maybe in a volunteer setting, whether that be at church or school, um, if you did any freelance work. So get creative and really start thinking through, OK, what experience have I really had in this that may not be an employed experience? Um, you can also list that on your resume again if it's related to the job. So you can list it as header like other leadership experience. And you're not just going to put I was a volunteer at impact um, impact organization. You're going to put what role you had. And then just as you would um, in the resume where you have your three to five bullet points about um, sorry, not in your resume, in your work experience or employment experience where you have three to five bullet points where you talk about your responsibilities and your accomplishments. You want to do that same thing in your leadership experience. So um, I was responsible for managing this. I cut costs by this by implementing that. Um, different things you really want to highlight. So don't just blanketly list non-work related experience. Explain what it is because a recruiter is not going to know and they're going to think that it's irrelevant unless you list out what you actually did. So think out some think about some non-work related experience that you have. And then the last thing that I would say is that in-person networking or that one-on-one -on -one networking is really gonna also be major key, just as important as transferable skills are. So whether that's going in-person to a job fair, um, whether that's re reaching out to someone on LinkedIn and, and saying, hey, I see that you're in this industry. I'm really looking forward into getting into this industry. What are some what are some tips or recommendations that you have? Um, but really having that one-on-one -on -one connection because sometimes, again, when we're applying to these online job boards and they have all, you know, these 300 applicants and a lot of them do already have experience in the industry. It's going to be hard to push your resume through that applicant tracking system and it step out and stand out above people who already have years of experience in that industry. So that one-on-one -on -one networking is really going to be key to moving into a new industry as well. So those are kind of my, my main things that main tips that come to mind when it comes to career transitioning into to a new industry. Thank you for that question though. I love it. Okay. So the next question says, what are some good resources for outlining how to proceed on your chosen career path? So my follow-up question to that question would be, do you know the career path that you want to take? Because if you do, or if you don't, it's going to be how you would handle this question. So for those of you who do not know your chosen career path, um, there are a lot of, a lot of schools have what's called career pathway, pathway test that you can take. And so it, literally list out like if you want to get into agri agriculture it lists out the different career paths within agriculture and the requirements for a specific job that you may be looking for so if you're not sure of your career path i'll put a few links in the show notes of where you can actually go onto a website and look at different industries look at different potential jobs within that within that industry and the career pathways of those jobs so that can be really helpful there are also some really good career um aptitude test that you can take and it'll talk through like your skill sets, your values, and then it'll also make recommendations as far as, you know, what, what careers might may be good for you as well. So 
That may be one thing that you may want to do if you don't know your chosen career path. But if you do know your chosen career path and now you're just trying to figure out how how do you outline the next steps, then there are a few ways that you can do it. Now, the way that I personally do it when I just do like my career development check where I'm making sure that what I'm doing aligns with what I eventually want to do is I literally go on LinkedIn. I'm going to keep saying this, but I go on LinkedIn, I find a job description that is like my dream job. So if like my dream job is to become a director of project management, then I'm going to look at a job description for a director of project management or somebody that's actively hiring for that position. And I'm going to literally look up and write down all the qualifications that that company is looking for for that specific job. And so what I personally do is I will literally get a piece of paper on the far left hand side, I'll list out all of my career, um, all of my current experience. So I'll list out my experience, my education, my skill sets, everything on, on the left hand side. Then on the right hand side, I will put down all the those same things that that job description was looking for. 20 years experience, um, PhD in whatever, <laughs> you know, um, but all the things that they are looking for. And then in the middle, I literally look at, okay, I have five years of experience. This job has 20 years of experience. So how can I get more experience? How can I um, get more experience in that particular field? If I have a bachelor's in this and they're requiring a PhD, then I literally list out the steps of what I need to do. And I personally will put them on a timeline, not to stick to it and say that that is the measuring stick for my life, but just to make sure that I'm on task that, okay, Next year, I need to be focusing on getting back into school. I need to look for another job that has more experience with what I'm looking for. But it literally provides it, it marries the gap between where I am and where I want to go. So that's a really very practical way that you can outline how to proceed on your career path. If you're if you're in a career like or industry that you like and you just want to know like how you can be better, um, I love Career Contessa. I love the Balanced Careers, um, LinkedIn Learning. All also has a, a lot of great courses on how to get in certain careers as well. And so I'll link I'll link the link to those things in the show notes below. But those are also some good outside resources that you can take as well. Of course, if you have a career counselor, a career coach, or someone that can also sit down with you and talk through it with you, that's helpful as well. But again, really just outlining it on a piece of paper where you are and where you want to go, I think it's going to be your best first step. So Try that, um, reach out to me and we can talk through that further, but that's a good question. Okay, so we're almost at time. So I'll, I'll do one last question and I saved this one for last because I'm probably gonna go on a rant. <laughs> but um, this last question asked, was getting a master's worth it to you? And I love this question. I loved all these questions, but I love this question because I definitely feel very strongly when it comes to um, whether or not you should go back to school, whether or not you just need to focus on getting more experience. And so what I say, my rant, because I know it's going to be a rant, <laughs> is from my personal experience. Again, you want to look at your specific industry, look at what you really need to do. Again, look at those career pathways that I talked about, um, look at what the job descriptions are requiring and make your decision. But for me personally, was getting a master's worth it? Yes. 
but I'll tell you why. Um, so I went in undergrad. I talked about this before, but I went into undergrad thinking that I was going to go to medical school. So I got a bachelor's in biomedical sciences, which was pretty much a pre-med degree. So you really only got that degree so that you could get into either medical school, dental school, you know, some type of health related school. Right. So then, you know, when it came junior year and I decided I didn't want to go to medical school, um, I chose not to change my major because I was trying to go ahead and graduate, which is something I should not have done. I'm going to I'm going to say that. Take it how you want to. But I should have waited and changed my major and took the additional year because when I graduated with that bachelor's degree, I couldn't do anything with a bachelor's degree in biomedical sciences. Um, it wasn't like an engineering degree. It wasn't like, you know, a business degree. Like there was nothing that I could do, even even though I got a job in healthcare that biomedical sciences degree still did not help me because it's like, okay, what is that? <laughs> you know, unless I was trying to maybe get into being a, a biologist or a scientist, but even then they required more, more degrees or more education. And so I say that to say that me getting a master's was not optional. I had to get a master's in order to actually get a decent paying job. So when it came to decide deciding what master's that I wanted to get, um, kind of how, what my thought process was, was, okay, I knew that I wanted to be in healthcare. And so the options were, and again, I looked at what job descriptions we're looking for. And so the options for me were either getting a master's in healthcare administration, an MHA, getting an MBA, which is a master's in business administration or, you know, looking more so at certification. So at the time I was just beginning to look into project management. So I was looking at some of the project management certifications. And so I made a decision to get an MBA because again, I did not want to limit myself. I didn't want to get a master's in healthcare administration only to five years later, be like, I don't want to be in healthcare anymore. I didn't want to just focus on a certification only again, then two years later, be like, I don't want to be in project management anymore. So I got the MBA. MBA because it was very general. Um, it can be flexible as far as working in different industries. And so that's why I chose to get to get the MBA. And to me, it was worth it um, because I do use, I don't really necessarily use the MBA so much on my current job, but it is very helpful in the rough draft when I'm working with clients um, because I, I got the business skills to be able to help other people with their businesses um, and things like that. So it was helpful to me. However, However, I always say I stand by it that experience weighs heavier than education in most scenarios, not all, but in most scenarios, experience is king because even with my master's, even with my project management certification, I was still having to compete with people who didn't have masters, with people who didn't have all them fancy certifications, but they had 20 years experience. They had 10 years experience. Um, and honestly, when it came to interviewing for, for my dream jobs or for jobs, nobody asked me about my MBA. It was like, oh, okay, you have your MBA. Nice. Okay. So let's talk about your work experience. Experience. 
And that's really what got me in the door. Thankfully, I didn't, I didn't really have the choice, but I worked all throughout college. I worked all throughout grad school. And so I have a pretty decent amount of work experience, not a whole lot because I'm still young, but it was my experience that got me in the door way more than my MBA and my project management certification. Now, I do understand that for some jobs, there is an educational requirement, right? I do get that. And for you know a lot of jobs, they may require a bachelor's degree. They may require a master's degree. And again, that's why I said it's based off of the job that you're trying to get into, the career that you're trying to get into. But don't think that just because you got a bunch of degrees that that is going to trump your experience. So I always recommend, even if it's just an internship, even if it's just a PRN or part-time job, get as much work experience as you can get, because that is what is going to push you into the door. Um, the education helps, the certifications help. And again, if, if it's a requirement, then yes, you need it, but you need to really, really, really focus on your experience and how you can get as much experience as you can. So that's my take on it. Yes, getting, I know I went on a rant. Yes, getting a master's was worth it for me, but it was only because I didn't have a choice. And even when it came to my salary negotiation, um, when it comes to salary negotiation, my, and this wasn't just on um, the company that I work for now, but even in prior companies, they didn't take into, into consideration any of my degrees when it came into my salary negotiation. When I asked the question, what is the salary based on? It's based off of years of work experience. And so that's another thing is that a lot of times the education and the certification, yes, it may get you into the door to get you a better base pay. But as far as like where you fall on that range, a lot of times will also be based off of your years of experience as well. So um, yes, getting matches was worth it, but you need to really focus on getting as much as much experience as you can. So that's my rant. I knew this was going to happen. And of course, we go over time. But um, yes, that's it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you to everyone who sent a question. Thank you to everyone who has enjoyed and listened into this mini series on job searching. I will definitely do more in this year. Um, next week, we are going to go into our interview series where we're going to be telling the stories of our everyday heroes. I'm super excited. Y'all are going to love um, these next few interviews that I have lined up. So you want to be sure to subscribe to this channel to this um, podcast, please, 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 of course, leave us a rating review, five-star rating and review um, on your podcast platform so that we can continue to reach um, the masses. So I love y'all. Have an amazing week. Feel free to email or DM me if you have any questions. Of course, I do have my career development services. So check those out if you are interested. Have a great week. Love y'all. Bye. Thanks for joining us this week on My Rough Draft Podcast. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at underscore Melanie Christina and be sure to subscribe to this show so you don't miss any new episodes. Now, do me a favor and please leave us a five-star rating and review so we can continue to get the word out to other listeners around the world. Also, be sure to head to the roughdraftcollective.com where you can access our online blog, free resources, our one-on-one services, and more. Thanks again for listening and I'll see y'all next week. Bye.